0: Earnings out Tuesday from Comerica. Comerica had good numbers. $1.33, $0.21 better than expected. Revenue's about in line. The stock's been on a good run. It's up, I think, 24% coming into earnings day and up 134% from where it was a year ago. But man, that was a year ago. Kurt Farmer is the chairman, president, and CEO of Comerica, joins us right now. It's good to have you with us.
1: David, it's always good to be with you.
0: Boy, it's always good to have a year behind us, too. I mean, your (laughs) stock's up 134% versus a year ago. The world was coming to an end a
1: year ago. It really was. In fact, you might recall that it was a year ago today when we had that significant drop in in, uh, West Texas uh, energy prices uh, when it went down below below zero. So a lot has changed a year later, and uh, I believe that – the, the world is starting to believe the economy will come back and that uh, we'll see more efficacy with the vaccines and all that is a really positive uh, thing for all of us.
0: Yeah, I mean, there is a real sense that, that the world is getting back to normal. What, what about the banking business? Is it getting back to normal? Are you seeing the loan demand and confidence in the ability to make loans?
1: Yes, we uh, reported on our earnings call this morning that we believe our loan pipeline is back above pre-pandemic levels, so back above where it was a year-plus ago. And we're having lots of conversations right now with uh, commercial customers across lots of different industries and geographies about uh, loan opportunities. Uh, They're looking at putting facilities in place or increasing existing uh, loan facilities, lines of credits, revolvers, et cetera, in anticipation that we'll see uh, significant growth in the second half of, of the year. So a lot of preparation going on right now uh, with customers really anticipating what we might uh, see happen in, in the, uh, starting in the third quarter. So
0: what, what sort of business are you seeing? Is is this commercial real estate? or I know you all have an enormous business, you know, the car business, uh, loaning money for floor planning. I see car sales are way up. Where's the demand?
1: Really almost across all of our lines of business and across all of our geographies, but maybe a little bit more specifically, I would say the demand is is most acute in general middle market. So those would be your typical manufacturing uh, service uh, companies, et cetera. Uh, For example, here in the the Texas market um, that um, either make um, and manufacture products and services or or deliver various uh, services to uh, customers. Ah, uh, the general auto space uh, demand is really high, but supply is the challenge there. And you've been reading about the chip shortages, as well as other sort of um, raw good inputs into uh, raw product inputs into the auto industry, and that that's really hurting right now. And dealers just cannot get enough cars on on their lots. But we think that'll that'll rationalize itself as the year goes on, and we'll start to see uh, more activity in the in, in the auto space. Real estate values are actually doing uh, relatively well uh, in uh, the multifamily and industrial side, uh, but not as good on the uh, retail uh, shopping center side and and, uh, more traditional office space. We're not seeing as much demand in those areas.
0: Yeah, it sounds to me like there's been a lot of creativity put in place to find other uses for a lot of that real estate that's out there.
1: It is. I think all companies are thinking through, really, what will their space be uh, space needs be on a go-forward basis as they start to bring employees back into the office, and we're in the early stages of that. We'll start to bring back some of our employees beginning in May. And certainly, I think we've all learned a lot of lessons, right? I mean, we've learned that we can work remotely. Uh, we will have certainly some employees that will work more remotely on a go-forward basis, but the majority of our employees will be back in, uh, back in the office.
0: But, you know, the consumer has really has really been educated I, my, and we i think we talked about this before but my sense is there are just a lot more people that are that are paying bills online and taking pictures of checks and you know doing de- doing deposits that way it, it must help you out on overhead
1: well it does i mean the the the, the pandemic uh, really has brought about a change in consumer behavior that had been you know in, in process for the last 10 plus years But if you look at utilization of traditional mobile banking uh, platforms, as you mentioned, taking a a deposit via mobile um, application or opening a new account online or transferring money um, between individuals, et cetera, all that is being done with a a greater emphasis on digital uh, channels. It doesn't mean that the branches are going away, what we call our banking centers. They are still really important. Uh, but they're important from the standpoint of providing advice to customers. When customers need to come in and and roll over an IRA or do investment planning or settle their parents' estate or, or buy the new home, et cetera. It's those types of things that are occurring in our branches today. And we need less square footage and different configuration for that. But transactional things are occurring more in digital, you know, technology enabled mediums.
0: Does it help you on on expense control overall though? I know you guys have just been you know been rigorous about about cutting expenses and obviously did a good job looking at your numbers but uh it, it must help you going forward
1: well it does uh, David the whole industry has been in a, a expense reduction mode and and we have always been focused on efficiency and real estate is one of those areas and so whether it's for our our general corporate space or whether it's for our banking centers we have continue to find ways to be more efficient with real estate and we'll continue to do that on a, on a go-forward basis but what we're not going to sacrifice are the things that we need to do to invest in technology for our customers uh, to help enable our employees and to, to really be relevant from that perspective to invest in our employees and make sure we've got the right uh, talent and uh, and uh advisors in front of our customers, and to do the right things in terms of investing in the communities that we support.
0: Hey, what, t- tell me about your other constituents, your your shareholders. What are you doing with cash and dividends and stock buybacks, that sort of thing?
1: Well, we've maintained a very effective dividend uh, yield uh, throughout the financial crisis. In fact, our dividend yield right now is about uh, 4%, which is uh, relatively high compared to our, our peer group we did share on the conference call we had stopped uh share buybacks as many uh, companies did during the the pandemic uh during the crisis and we did share today that we plan to in the second quarter turn share buyback back on and so to continue to find ways to return capital to our shareholders and so we'll uh you know sort of manage down our capital levels over time to a little bit more appropriate level still well capitalized but uh, start returning some of that capital, not only through our dividend, but uh, turning back on the share buyback, uh, really beginning uh, this quarter.
0: You know, you mentioned that that it, that it was, it was April the 20th, 2020, when West Texas Intermediate closed at a negative $37.63 a barrel. <laughs> uh, so how are you feeling about energy loans right now?
1: Well, you know, a lot, it's a lot better today than it was a, a year ago. You know, Rig counts about double from uh, the, the point we were at uh, last year. Um, there's been a lot of consolidation in the, the energy space. I think uh, you're seeing uh, a lot more focus on primarily the Permian Basin where the yield is is a lot higher. Uh, the energy firms that we're dealing with are operating with from a better expense base and they're, they're they're better capitalized. And certainly, West Texas, north of $60 a share, is helping quite a lot. And then you're seeing some sort of global demand starting to, to return. But no question, there's going to continue to be pressure on the energy space. And a lot of that is uh, not only just um, um, based on pricing, but really based on what's happening with dynamics and moving more towards sustainability. And alternative sources for energy as well but in in the industry sometimes
0: you go through a period like this and the energy industry does with some regularity and there's a cull it just kind of takes out a lot of the weaker players and you're left with some you know some stronger hands and 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 deeper pockets is it your sense that that's happened this time
1: it definitely has uh there's been a a tremendous consolidation in the energy space and like i said the the, uh, the companies that we're working with, the drilling firms in uh, and the, and the E&P side, uh, are much stronger today. They're better capitalized. Uh, they're, they're operating within a better expense base, and they're, they're being a lot more laser-focused on uh, Basins like the Permian, as I mentioned uh, earlier, where the yield is, is a lot better, and so I, some of these things are painful, but I think they can also be uh, healthy for an industry longer term.
0: Yeah, you get some you get some stronger players out there. I, I got to ask you one other thing, though. You know, as Texans, we always take great pride and joy uh, of seeing these California companies relocate to Texas, whether it's you know Tesla or Oracle or Toyota pulling out of California and coming here. You're, a, you know, you operate both places. My sense is that, that California is still a force to be reckoned with.
1: Yeah, there's no question about it. it. You know, California is still the sixth largest economy in the world. And so it is still a very large, diverse economy. Um, and uh, there's still... While there's been some corporate relocations, there's still nice population inflow into California, still an attractive place uh, to live. And when you look at sort of uh, a number of variables uh, coming out of the shutdown due to the pandemic in California, we're starting to see the port activity pick up uh, in both on the import and export side. Uh, We're seeing nice uh, accumulation or appreciation in housing values both in the north and and south in, in California. And I think some of this will play itself out and settle down over time. I think the, the state's been through some challenges uh, more recently and there have been some corporate relocations, but I still think it's a very attractive market uh, long longer term. We kind of benefit on both sides. Oftentimes, those companies that relocate are already clients of ours, and we just now are making them <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the Texas market. But we're still very high on California longer term. In fact, we're, we're anticipating California's GDP to grow right in line with the U.S. GDP this year. Texas, we're thinking might grow you know about a percent higher uh, than the, the U.S. overall, but we're expecting California to grow in line with uh, the U.S. GDP
0: all right well we, we we've we watched your deposits increase substantially during the pandemic and i don't wish you any will ill will but i sure hope some people pull some of that money out and go out and spend it and help the economy you think they're about ready to do that
1: i think i think they are um i think everyone is operating probably a little bit more conservatively today than they did a year ago and we're certainly seeing that with our commercial clients that they're holding on to more cash, more liquidity than than they have previously. But I think both for um, you know bu- businesses and consumers, as the year goes on, as things start to settle down, as we start to see something that, that resembles more of a normal uh, environment uh, with masks off and people uh, socializing and going out to restaurants and movies and all those things. I think that that will start to pull down, uh, pull down over time, and that we'll see um, a little bit less um, uh, cash accumulation and a little bit more spending occurring. Um, and certainly, the GDP forecast, inflation forecast, etc., are really predicated on that happening.
0: Exactly. Kurt Farmer is Chairman, President, and CEO of Comerica Incorporated. We appreciate the time. Thank you very much, sir.
1: Thank you so much David have a good day
0: stay well for more of our conversation right. with Mr. Farmer go to kRld.com/ CEO I'm David Johnson news radio 1080 KRLD.